سعداء أن تكونوا معنا في الإرساليات والجسور Welcome to Bridges for Mission Bienvenue au Pont pour la Mission 欢迎聆听宣教桥梁。ยินดีต้อนรับสู่สะพานผ่านทิศของพระเจ้า。Well, hello, everyone, and we are back with Reverend Dr. Bill Pope from Mission Safe. Um, I know some of you listeners have um, listened to the first episode when we had um, Dr. Pope with us, and um, we needed to have him back because insurances are an important topic for us to cover when we are serving and being the feet and hands of Christ abroad, but needing to do it safely and knowing that the the safety net is there, um, but oftentimes our listeners and travelers and eager servants uh, may not really know what to do, how to do it, how to begin and, and then follow up. So, um, so Bill, we are delighted to have you back. Wonderful to be with you. And I'll just, let's just get going. So as a follow-up question, can you share again with us uh, briefly the top emergency insurance short-term mission volunteers need to purchase? What do they need to have? You're talking about the benefits that they need? Yeah, and um, if there are some, you know, different types of emergency insurance that uh, volunteers um, should be focusing and purchasing, or is it just one and that covers it when they are God's no. ambassadors on the field uh, before yeah. they leave the U.S.? Okay, I think I understand the question. It's... Uh... So there are uh, pretty comprehensive policies. Uh, from a medical uh, perspective, it's very helpful to understand that a policy will have a certain number, but it has different benefits inside of it. And every one of those benefits has its own separate bucket of money. And so uh, having the right levels of benefits in each bucket is probably the most important component because you don't want to uh, be saving a few pennies, but then hurting yourself on cutting a benefit so low that it's not really helpful to you. So probably the uh, uh, we we recommend a uh, million dollars with zero dollar deductible, and that sounds excessive. But we're also trying. We do that for two reasons. First of all, uh, to help ministries uh, when the they're called into question on duty of care. You know, did you, were you responsible in your recommendation to handle whatever situations? And when you're talking about a policy for a million dollars that costs $3 and 37 cents a day, I mean, about the cost of, uh, you know, a hamburger or something like that, you've got a million dollars worth of coverage. So it's not uh, exorbitant in its cost. So we recommend that. And then it needs to have uh, some benefits in there like an emergency medical evacuation. And the reason that that's important is so that if something in the extreme happens, that there is a process in place. And so the insurance company needs to have a good, clear process of how do you get in touch with them to notify them? And how can they help you in the heat of that moment? A lot of policies out there, you're sort of on your own, and then you report when you come back. You really want a policy 
where they're engaged with you in the in the moment and helping make the decisions. And that's especially important in uh, continents like Africa because insurance companies have contracts with uh, medical flight companies and they have them in regions of the, of the world so that they can respond quickly. But it's especially important in Africa because in Africa, some airports and uh, places won't uh, work with companies that they don't already recognize. So you, you know, if you have contracts with European countries, that might be great for Europe, but that might not work if you're flying into Africa. And uh, so you want a company that's kind of standing up and has a, a division of their company that just works with medical evacuations because it's a specialty unto itself as opposed to a claims department and a sales department and a customer service department. So uh, those are some of the things that I think are really very helpful. Um, you also want a feature that has uh, in concert with their emergency medical evacuation, something called family reunion. So if you're going to be medically evacuated somewhere, uh, we all know how comforting it is to have a loved one with you. Well, you want that, the expense of getting that loved one to be able to join you and to stay with you because they'll have lodging and food and transportation costs. So you want to make sure that the uh, emergency medical evacuation services include um, allowing for covering the expenses of a loved one to join you. Thank you so much for that summary. That was extremely helpful. And in thinking about the different things that the insurances cover, we're still currently in a global pandemic. COVID is yeah. still here. Um, so with the emergency insurances, do they provide coverage for short-term mission volunteers with COVID-related situations while they're serving? Great question. Uh, let me... Let me uh fall back to what I said, when, when a policy is put together, it has a list of benefits. And all of these benefits, it's easiest to think of them that each benefit has a bucket of money associated with it. So there's a, a bucket of money for medical expenses. Then there's a bucket of, a separate bucket of money, the one that, that we uh, recommend so many, it'll have a million dollars for uh, medical expenses with zero dollar deductible. Then it'll have a million dollars for medical evacuation. So that's a separate uh, million dollars. Then uh, there's another bucket because COVID these days is now being just considered as any other medical expense. But it normally has associated with it quarantine expenses. And so you wanna look for a policy that has quarantine benefits. That's a separate bucket of money. So one that we use has $3,000 in that bucket. So it can pay up to 10 days, $300 a day for your lodging and your food and, and any uh, non-medical quarantine related expenses. So you, you've got a million dollars over here for the medical, COVID is treated, just like a sprained ankle, okay? It's a, it's a medical 
been diagnosed, there's a test or there's a diagnosis for it and, and get the receipts and you'll get reimbursed for that. But then separately in a separate benefit out of a different bucket of money within the same policy, there's quarantine expenses. So with COVID, that's really the unique distinction of dealing with COVID is the coupling of it with quarantine expenses. Yeah, which is so important because, you know, when you think of COVID, you just think about the symptoms and being sick. It's not always the quarantine that comes after it because depending on the country of service, it's, you know, you have to test negative. And for some people that may take a couple of days after symptoms are gone or it could take longer. So it's definitely one of those unknown factors of what am I doing? And when you're sick, you don't want to have to deal with that. Like that's the furthest thing from your mind. So doing that preemptively, is such a good thing. Um, and it's very well, you're having, yeah you're having to deal with the schedule changes because you didn't anticipate you know you're you're thinking mm-hmm. I'm going to get back on the plane and go home and now all of a sudden now the domino effect of that quarantine decision changes a lot of things that you're dealing with and you don't want to have to deal with worrying about am I racking up all these expenses that I didn't anticipate correct yeah yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so I think in continuing that a little bit, what are some of the typical misconceptions that volunteers assume is covered by emergency insurance? Uh, one of the things that they assume, in the heat of the moment, I'm going to list them out for you, okay? Okay. Not in any specific priority, but uh, in in a list, a uh, short list, but important. First of all, I think they the one of the assumptions that I see most often is they feel like anyone that's like the leader of their team has the authority to make the decisions medically on their behalf. And I believe in our first. Uh, podcast, one of the things that I said is that a rule of thumb is that he who decides pays. Remember that one? So it's very important if your assumption is that anybody on the team or anybody from the church or the ministry can make this decision, then you are inherently assuming an expense and a risk that is not uh, wise. And so the first assumption is that anybody can make that decision. The The people that are trained and experienced and have access to the resources to be able to make that decision are the medical personnel in the medical division of the insurance company. And, and, and on their behalf, and, and I don't represent a, uh, an insurance company, but I, I work with them. And these are uh godly committed uh wonderful people they're not out there trying to save a dollar like everybody kind of characterizes them so it's important to understand that there are divisions within an insurance company and the medical division is made up of doctors and nurses they don't know anything about insurance they don't know what your plan is they don't know what your benefits are they don't know anything they're doctors and they're nurses and they're they're asking questions like, what's your blood pressure? You know, what medications are you on? They're asking medical questions. 
So these are the people that day in, day out, all over the world are doing this. And so they're the first, they're the people that are in line. So getting easy access to them is so important. That's why I said that's a part of the, the right kind of policy, that you have easy access to the people that can make the decisions for you. So number one assumption is that anybody can make this decision. Number two is that they're going to take me immediately home. Okay. We all want to go home. And they need to understand that these uh, emergency flights are like ambulances. So they're, they're uh, an ambulance that flies instead of rolls down a road. And so they're going to take you to the nearest appropriate facility to get you stabilized because you wouldn't be needing their services unless you were in serious medical uh, jeopardy because the two criteria for ordering that flight is impending loss of life or impending loss of limb. So those are pretty serious situations. And so they're not going to be flying you back to the United States immediately. They're going to get you stabilized and they're going to fly you to a hospital that meets U.S vetted standards then they get you stabilized that's where the family member joins you once you get stabilized then they fly you and your loved one home and home could be east coast west coast doesn't really matter all right so it's a it's a staged event rather than or if for some reason you're you're making a remarkable recovery and you had a longer trip planned then they would fly you back to the, the country of origin that they picked you up in, one way or the other. Um, third assumption, it does not work like 911 in the United States. I, I think people assume we get in touch and then, you know, 911, that's what we're used to. Overseas, there, there's a, a process that everybody is working very diligently on and nobody's slacking, but there's a longer process than just a 911 emergency where an ambulance rolls out of a fire station to your house, okay? They have to get flyover permissions if they're flying over different countries. They have to ensure that the airport, believe it or not, there's going to be somebody there to turn the lights on, okay? Because airports in other countries don't have the volume of airports that they might be used to. They might have one flight a day in and out. And so they turn the lights off. People go home, okay? They kind of work a nine to five and they turn the lights off and go home. And so all of a sudden you've got an emergency situation They've got to contact the person to come back and man the, the airport, turn the lights on the runway so that they can see the land. And uh, so there are a lot of these logistics that have to take place uh, regionally. Uh, and so people need to understand that there is a process that is happening that's a little bit longer than what they typically are used to with the immediacy that we enjoy here in the United States.
so wonderful what you just said as far as the logistics and the assumptions, because when we're sick, we definitely expect that 911 intervention and, and need to be taken care of. Um, and I often, you know, I think of also of um, the language difference. We might be in a country where the primary language is not our heart language. So needing to have yes. that attended to as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, that is a part of uh, the service that is provided. So whenever they're, and, and the language, you're, you're absolutely right. So whenever they're lining up the crew, the medical crew to come to you, not only do they have to be capable medical personnel, but they also have to speak the, your language and then the language perhaps of the country where they're picking you up and the language where they're taking you. And so that's why not just anybody can make a phone call and, and pull this thing off. You've got to be having access to understanding what happens at each stage of the process and um, uh, you really need the professionals involved to, to pull that off. And that's reassuring that there is that, you know, there's time spent for that logistics that yes. you might not be thinking about that, you know, when you're sick, you want that heart language and be understood yes. really clearly. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Again, you know, listeners, we told you that um, it's just a plethora of, resources information um, with Bill Pope and Mission Safe that he represents. And um, it is a delight. It really has been a delight to have you. So one last question that we have, um, what's the strong advice that you would want people to understand when it comes to, you know, you're wanting to respond as a volunteer, as God's ambassador, serving cross-culturally in a country where uh, the heart language, your heart language is not the same, but then an accident happens or um, something. What's, yeah, what's the a strong advice you want the listeners to to hear before we close? Uh, I'm going to pick the area that is least talked about, and that's claims. Everybody is upfront interested in how, how much it costs and then how much are the benefits and how easy is it and all of that. And not many people are really ever focused on how do I process my claim and how does it get paid to a resolution? Because the thing can go south easily. Uh, and if it goes south and things are delayed, then you get turned over to collections and then your credit is effective and it turns, it turns messy quickly. And so the one piece of advice and it's not the most important, but I'm just picking it because other people are talking about other things. The one piece of advice is work with a broker. It doesn't cost any difference. You can go online or you can work with a broker and it's going to cost the same thing. Okay. So what you're forfeiting is somebody that can help handhold you through the claims process when you really need the help. Okay. And what have you gained by doing this by yourself online? Now, now you're out there and just yesterday, all right, we had a person that had had a claim that they had tried to manage themselves for almost a year and they were uh, highly frustrated. We found out about it and uh, found out 
that the man had used a medical ID card that was five years old. And the insurance company had changed carriers in that five years. So all of his medical documents were being sent to the wrong insurance company. And the right insurance company had no records of him or his accident. And it just took, and he was so frustrated because he couldn't navigate the system. We got involved and then within 24 hours, we're able to identify what the problem was, work with the people in the home office. And now his claim has been processed and we'll, he'll be receiving his reimbursement check within a week. But the difference that a broker can make as an advocate for you, as opposed to you trying to navigate the system on the back end by yourself. Um, one, one way will have you praising the Lord. And one way will have you very frustrated and thinking that insurance is of the devil. <laughs> so I just encourage you, uh, use a broker. Nice. Thank you. Well, you are, you know, those uh, God's angels to be sent at the right time. And we need to make the call. We need to do the asking, as the good book says, ask. Yeah. Well, um, it's just, a, it's as much an area of, of calling and service as uh, when I stood behind a pulpit. And so uh, I'm to do what I do as unto the Lord. And so you, you want you want brokers that have that kind of heart to serve. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Minister Nicole, we've done another one that will definitely uh, be part of that the gems of our episodes um, that listeners from all over at this point. Thank you, listeners from Tanzania, Zimbabwe, um, Hungary, Serbia, I mean, all over. Um, beautiful places, beautiful mm -hmm. places. Thank you, thank you. Well, so, thank you for this opportunity. Our pleasure. And until we uh, meet again, um, right. have a good one, listeners. This right. was... Reverend Sandra Dorsonville, Minister Nicole Cox, and Reverend Dr. Bill Pope talking about insurance. Thank you so much for listening to Bridges for Mission. We are delighted that you joined us. This is a special time for us where we invite you, listeners from all over, um, to tune in and give us feedback. So you can reach us at volunteers at international ministries.org. Also, don't forget to get a hold of the Leader's Guide entitled Short-Term Mission Team Essentials Together on the Journey. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. We thank you again for joining us today and thank you to all of our subscribers and listeners from all parts of the world. Until next time.